If those hints and snap judgments on Friday were just a little too subtle, we're here to tell you on the podcast daily that Chip Kelly is the new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. That is Bill Landis. I am Austin Ward. We're kicking off a new week, a burnless week as he's on vacation, but we promise to do our best without him. And we're going to start. Bill, we just didn't think like we had a lot of other things to say different than Snappy Jays on Friday after the, the hiring was official, Chip Kelly coming in to replace Bill O'Brien. So we waited and let it marinate over the weekend. Yeah, which I, I I hope was okay. We we got a couple of texts like, "Hey, where's where are the snap judgments?" And I said, "Like we half the show about Bill O'Brien leaving was about Chip Kelly and the uh, I guess theoretical at the time hire of him and, and what that would look like." And then it happened what like four hours later. It, I, I we all thought it was going that direction. Like clearly, I think based off the conversation we had on on Friday, it still happened much faster than I thought it would. Like I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily anticipating that like before dinner time on Friday we would know that Chip Kelly was going to be Ohio State's offensive coordinator. So that part of it was surprising, and it also is like it's a, it's a little crazy, right? That like Ryan Day hires Bill O'Brien, good hire. Most people are excited about it. Certainly has an impressive resume. Unexpectedly lose him after three weeks by by a scenario that no one could have saw, seen coming. And then you just replace him by poaching an in-conference opponent's head coach to come be your play caller and quarterbacks coach. Like it's insane that Ohio State is able to do that. It's a lot to process. I don't. Yeah. I've never covered anything quite like it. In fact, I didn't think on Friday that they even could do it that quickly, because we are still talking about uh, you know a state institution and job listing, job posting, go through HR, finalize the paperwork, but. Ohio State's like, no, we're just going to fast track this. It's an unusual circumstance. And uh, Chip Kelly's here. It's done by the end of the night. Friday morning, Bill O'Brien gets the job. And by like one o'clock, they had they were finalizing the contract details for Chip Kelly. Yeah. And now Ryan Day may have known that this backup option was going to be in his uh, up his sleeve. Like, I think we were talking the crazier part was Wednesday where well, it's all crazy. But the crazy part on Wednesday was Bill O'Brien is in the in the Woody in his office meeting with Ryan Day, and then leaving for Boston to go back for that next interview. And Ryan Day's having to give two and a half hours of interviews. Never really gives any sign that like there's turmoil or panic or concern or anything going on. And we can say part of that is maybe because he thought Chip Kelly was waiting in the wings. But that's still like a very unusual set of circumstances. And he never really gave anything away on the game there. And then Friday, it's like well. That's all right. This this I invested six weeks, seven weeks in finding Bill O'Brien and finalizing this, but I'll get Chip Kelly in three hours, no problem. <laughs> well, I, we've talked a lot about not a lot, but but some about you know Ryan Day is is young in a profession. He is he is still relatively new to being a head coach. His contacts and his coaching tree are are not that extensive, but it is nice to have like like <laughs> among the, the the few relationships that you have. Um, and he has more than a few, but like the meaningful ones, one of them just happens to be a formal NFL head coach, uh, one of the best offensive minds in modern college football, and was itching to get out of his head coaching job <laughs> to, to come uh, re really seemingly go anywhere that would have him to be offensive coordinator. He was looking at NFL jobs as well um, before Ohio State scooped him up. So uh, shout out to Ryan Day, I guess, for having for having uh, that that in his back pocket, because I don't I don't think. I don't know that anyone else in college football could have accomplished that, at least at least not that quickly. I kind of wonder a little bit about the timing. And this is, I think the this, in terms of plan B, it's the absolute best that anyone could do in college football. I, I don't have any 
qualms with the hiring or winding up with Chip Kelly. I think in when you look at the resumes, he and Bill Bryan are Bill Bryan are like about as close as you could possibly get. And one may like to run the football more than the other. That's fine. We can talk about those details later on. The timing, I think, it, it, the the most interesting part of the timing for me is like, or the decision making was why was Bill O'Brien plan A? Why was the preference that yeah. for Ohio State? And is that a reflection of Ryan Day's confidence in Bill O'Brien? Was it his desire to go outside of his quote unquote coaching circle uh, and someone that he's known for you know basically his entire adult football life? Did something happen with Martin Jarman and Chip Kelly that made the situation much more untenable at UCLA than it would have been at the start of the process? Where I know that there were early conversations in December, but it didn't seem like there was much traction for this to to really happen. And he and Chip Kelly was not among the four candidates that we talked about that didn't even include Bill O'Brien before that transpired. But like, I am I am curious if there's something that happened with chip kelly because he started really upping the urgency for any job that would interview him for he was up you know going to make that whether it was washington whether that was uh in seattle whether that was the raiders like like, let's let's find some option and get out of here did something happen that made him think he had to get out of ucla right now did ohio state up the ante when it became more clear that they had to make uh, a separate move and bill o'brien was moving on some of the logistics there are interesting to me because Chip Kelly, if he was not the first choice, which it doesn't seem like he was, why was that? How did this transpire? What changed for round two? I'm trying to remember the timing of things. I Because the, the initial, I think the first inkling we got that Chip Kelly was interested in leaving his, or, or willing, I guess, to leave his position for a coordinator spot was when he was a candidate for the Raiders offensive coordinator job. And I, and I think that came out after Ohio State had hired Bill O'Brien. So so I do wonder if there was something in the time between like Ryan Day first setting out to find his OC and then and then after hiring Bill O'Brien to your point that maybe pushed Chip Kelly further down that road. I, I could certainly see a scenario where like Ryan Day, you know, loved the idea of hiring Chip Kelly, but maybe maybe didn't want someone with that personal relationship there, or, or at least didn't didn't want that to be the first person he went to. Maybe maybe he wanted a little more outside opinion and and he got that with bill o'brien not to say that that he and chip kelly are in lockstep with everything i think if you look at the way that chip kelly's offense has evolved certainly since the times that he and ryan day were working together when chip coached ryan day it's it's vastly different and i I don't there are definitely similarities and i'm sure there's like terminology that that's um like-minded that will ease the transition of chip kelly into this role in, in a relatively short time but but i don't i don't sit here thinking like Ryan Day and Chip Kelly run the exact same offense and like Chip Kelly's just coming to call what he's always called. I think that's a little different. So, so I don't know about, about that. It is, it is an interesting dynamic. Um, why, why Chip Kelly would not have been the first choice or like maybe he was and Ohio state said, we're not going to pay a $1.5 million buyout or whatever it was to get him away from UCLA mm-hmm. when you can have someone who is as experienced with equally impressive resume and Bill O'Brien that will come to us a little cheaper. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe, maybe I'm putting too many words in, in the administration's mouth there. Cause it's relatively not that much money when you're talking about coaching situations, but um, clearly Chip Kelly was like a very obvious person to point to and say like Ryan day could, could potentially hire this person, but it is, it is a little weird that it didn't come out until Ryan day had already made a decision initially that wasn't Chip Kelly. Yeah, I would, I would be surprised if there hadn't been initial reticence from Ohio State. Like, you have to pay one and a half million to get this guy on top of probably two 
million plus uh, mm-hmm. with this contract to get him, which is, you know, I I can't, I would be surprised if he's coming in and immediately making more than Jim Knowles, but the overall outlay would have been almost double to get Chip Kelly into the fold. They probably would, that would not have been the preference for Gene Smith or uh, anybody at Ohio State to make that move. But the money is, is amusing as well because you talk about that and like relatively that's not much of a financial outlay to get a sitting Big Ten head coach to come be your offensive coordinator and like Ohio State can clearly afford it because of the Big Ten broadcast deals among yeah. all the other revenue that comes in. The flip side is I I thought this was one of the most amusing spin opportunities of the weekend from the UCLA side that Martin Jarman was thinking about having to fire him and didn't have the money to do it. It's like eight and a half million or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. You'd still think not a huge amount of money. And instead of paying that, they get one and a half million for Ohio State to buy him out. Like, oh, Martin Jarman's playing 4D chess. Is he? It's February and he doesn't have a head coach in the transition to the Big Ten. Congratulations. Way to drag your feet and make a million bucks and then start from scratch with your program after the transfer portal and signing day. <laughs> you really did it, bud. You did it. That I would not characterize that as, as 4D chess. It, it's, it has felt like a bit of a disaster there. And maybe it's just that Martin Jarman and Chip Kelly were never going to be on the same page about everything. I, I don't, Chip Kelly, I don't think was bad at, at UCLA at all. Um, could, can UCLA hope for better? Sure. Um, I also wouldn't use his tenure there. And uh, what, what I sense is like a general sense of being underwhelmed by what chip kelly has done as a head coach really since he left oregon um as an indictment on his ability to be an offensive coordinator and a play caller and a schemer and an innovator right um not great with the roster management you know in the nfl not a dynamic recruiter in college but i don't think you need him to be and that's not why he's coming to ohio state so like i saw a little bit of pushback in that regard on this hire and like that they're they're all fair criticisms i think of chip kelly but the one thing i I think you can't criticize is that um i think he's still one of the better offensive minds we have you know at really at any level of football yeah if chip kelly's going to get another head coaching opportunity which certainly you cannot rule out down the road uh, especially if he does what uh we may expect or project him to do with all this talent with the buckeyes he's going to have to be a lot better at that i don't think the recruiting and NIL stuff and roster management decisions and all that worked in his favor at UCLA. And I mean, I think even dating back to Oregon, it's like people were like, yeah. can he do this on a level playing field? Can he build a program that can compete in the trenches? Like, I don't know. You can ask those questions, but it really doesn't matter for Ohio state at all because the recruiting piece is going to be well covered by Ryan day and Brian Hartline and the rest of that offensive staff. Um, uh, I don't think that Bill O'Brien was really expected to come in and be a dynamic on-the-road recruiter for Ohio State either. So I think that's part of what may make this job appealing to people with that coaching profile like Bill O'Brien or Chip Kelly is that this may be one of the few jobs in the sport. We talk about how how difficult it is. Jeff Halfley wants out. He wants to go to the NFL for whatever reasons, and the calendar is nuts, and you don't have time for yourself. Right now, Ohio State offensive coordinator might be the best job in terms of compensation and hands-off responsibility for roster management. That, I mean, look at the candidates that Ryan Day was able to talk to. This was a coveted position because you don't, you aren't going to have to do 24-7, 365 recruiting, DMing, messaging, whatever, because Ryan Day just needs somebody to take over the offense and and dial up some ball plays. 
Yeah, like I, you'll you'll have to travel, right? We've seen, and Jim Knowles, it feels like, has been out there a little more um, during these offseason windows since the season ended. But but I don't think either Jim Knowles or um, Chip Kelly now are, are going to have to do what you're talking about, the texting, the DMing, the, the constant phone calls, right? I think part of it is they sort of like show up and have a presence and like it's like cool to go play in a Jim Knowles defense or it's probably cooler to go, no offense to Jim Knowles, to go play in a Chip Kelly <laughs> offense. Um that part of this is actually interesting to me. I want to ask you, like, if put yourself in the shoes of like a high school recruit, and who would you like? Who does it sound cooler to play for in an offense, Bill O'Brien or Chip Kelly? Chip Kelly. Yeah, I think. But so too, I, I think. wonder if we're just old enough to remember, like, when he was the most cutting edge offensive yes. coordinator, offensive mind, and if like you're 17, you're like the UCLA coach. Like, did they ever Maybe. win the Pac-12? Like. Th- we we may be in a different spot now. Probably to your point, the sales pitch is going to be like, look at Marcus Mariota and look at these Oregon teams and, and speed and flash and all that else. Like, I remember that very well. Does an eighteen year old? Maybe not. The Ryan Day factor and the Brian Hartline factor probably still going to be the trump cards there. Sure, absolutely. Which which also would have been the case with Bill O'Brien. And I suppose like Tom Brady still resonates with people, no matter kind of what your <laughs> age is. So I, I guess it's it's probably cooler for Bill O'Brien to say like, hey, I. Uh, Coach Tom Brady and yelled at him on the sideline. Remember that? That was fun. Um, <laughs> but something, yeah, maybe maybe it's just my age. Something about me thinks like it'd be it, it'd be more exciting for me to play in a Chip Kelly offense because like the shorthand of that, I feel like I have a better picture in my mind of what that is uh, compared to a Bill O'Brien offense. Because um, I don't. Well, really I, I did. I asked you about that a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "What do you describe the Bill O'Brien system as?" And like. I don't know. It's bespoke. It's like it's good that yeah. he can adjust to the personnel, but that's I think that's a point well made. Like you do know what to expect from Chip Kelly with spreading it out and speed and up tempo, and then being able to run the football in creative ways, which I think is really something that you're intrigued by. It is like, and and I said this the other day, and like I want to repeat it. I I promise you, I am not trying to be the kind of person who just like moves on to the next thing and says this is better. Um, but I. I do find myself like more excited slash intrigued by Chip Kelly running Ohio State's offense than I was Bill O'Brien. And it's like, I thought Bill O'Brien would have done a, a great job. Certainly excited about what he had done with quarterbacks and what he can do with quarterbacks at Ohio State. But when I've thought about the things that Ohio State needs to like tweak or like the ways it can get better, I kind of just think Chip Kelly can help get them there in a better way than Bill O'Brien was uh, or could. Um, some of that is is the tempo that you talked about. Although I don't, Chip Kelly's offenses at UCLA, I don't, I don't think we're playing quite as fast um, as his offenses at Oregon did, and he was kind of like revolutionizing the way that people use tempo. Um, but it's running the ball that that's like top of the list for me. And um, obviously, some of the way that Ryan Day has run the ball at Ohio State has been influenced by by Chip Kelly. I, I do wonder if more of it maybe was influenced by Steve Adazio. Um, cause Ryan day, I think coached for him longer actually than he coached with, with chip Kelly. Um, but chip Kelly's run game at UCLA was just like incredibly diverse. And, and Justin Fry was obviously there for part of that. And I have felt like over these last two years that Justin Fry has done a nice job of kind of pushing the run game forward, sprinkling in some things here and there, especially last year when they ran, um, much more like gap gap scheme stuff than they had previously during Ryan day's tenure. And, and I think now with chip in the building, He'll just like push them farther a little down down the road, and and I think run game diversification, 
you know, finding ways to maybe to use both of these really good running backs, Quinshot Junkins and Terry Van Henderson at the same time, um, getting creative with a quarterback who we know is at least willing and, and capable to run. Uh, all that's really exciting for me. And, and I actually think Chip Kelly's presence maybe could help the offensive line a little bit too. Maybe not so much from a technique standpoint, but from like an angles standpoint and, and schematic standpoint. I, I just, I, I think there are, I think there are more ways that Chip Kelly can enhance this offense maybe that, that I was anticipating from Bill O'Brien. And I don't say that to say that Bill O'Brien would have been bad. I think there's there's just different ways to be good. Um, but this this Chip Kelly version, at least what I have in my mind, kind of excites me a little more. Yeah, I know you have not watched every UCLA game under Chip mm-hmm. Kelly, but I remember you had watched a decent amount with Justin Fry and working with that offensive line to see what he could do with the run game and coordinating that or helping coordinate that or depending on which year and which title he was given when you think about chip kelly and justin fry together you talked about some more versatility and diversifying the run game what is it what do you mean by that what does it look like i think just like maybe more balance between zone and, and gap scheme like i don't i don't think that ryan day is ever going to get away from like running outside zone running inside zone and I, i'm not saying that he should i, I think any I think any good run game sort of has has elements of of all of that together. Um, but Chip's done like fun stuff. Honestly, like not not dissimilar from Michigan. Like it's not exactly the same, but but I, I, I like the intent of different formational stuff, like playing playing a bigger personnel, but like getting creative with it, playing unbalanced sometimes with your line. Like Ohio State, I feel like has like dipped its toe in there, right? At least under Ryan Day, um, but it's not really. In, embraced uh, like creativity in the run game, maybe to the extent that that I would like to see them do, just because I think they have good players and it'd be fun to watch them try to execute that stuff. I'm not I'm not saying that Ohio State's offense has been bad, and and Ryan Day doesn't think it's been bad either. He's not bringing somebody in to totally retool things, but it's just adding on to what has already been successful for, for them. And I think the biggest way they can do that is is a little more ingenuity with the way that they run the ball. And and I think that's what what Chip Kelly is all about. It's it's I think I, I talked about this maybe on my last podcast with with the athletic. I, I don't know wh- how we got on the topic. We must have been talking about like Ryan Day's run game. I think it was. I think it was in 2019. It was in 2019 when like Ohio State's offense first year into Ryan Day was like running the ball really well. And I remember specifically after the Indiana game, a lot of questions were like, "Oh man, Ryan Day, who, who knew you had this in you? We thought we were going to throw the ball 50 times a game." And I was thinking to myself, like, well, he coached for Steve Adazio and Chip Kelly. And at the time, like, I felt like Chip Kelly was sort of being mischaracterized as a guy who just wanted to throw it around all the time. And it's like they ran the ball really well at Oregon. And they ran the ball really well, for the most part, at UCLA in, like, in fun and exciting ways. So um, I guess, like, maybe people equate tempo to throwing. Um, and it's like certainly they threw the ball. And, and they use a lot of, like, that perimeter throws that Urban Meyer loved. Like, Urban Meyer, I think, was pretty heavily influenced by Chip Kelly, too. Um, but there is a phys- baseline physicality, I think, with the way that Chip Kelly wants to play offense that like is there i think in ryan day's philosophy but i think there's just much more to get into and i'm excited to see if like chips chips ideas for how to run the ball that way and ryan's ideas for how to develop a a really um dangerous passing attack kind of get blended together because the thought of doing that with ohio state's talent frankly is pretty terrifying if i'm a team that has to play (laughs) well i mean the best way to run tempo and get up tempo is quick hitting plays and run plays close to the line of scrimmage you can't run four vertical routes and then expect your wide receivers to be able to snap the ball every 10 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, true. So you do have to be able to run the football. You cannot go up tempo if you can't execute and and stay ahead of the chains. And when we've looked at 
Ryan Day and Ohio State and being the most successful, a lot of that attention does tend to come back to can they get third and two on the ground? Can they punch it in on the ground in the red zone? And that's important. That has to be done if you're going to win a championship. But it is also being on schedule and, and removing negative runs and plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, and we've we've seen some elements of this where they want to go up tempo and it's like, well, you're gonna kick that off with a bubble screen or stretch to the boundary, and then well, it's second and eleven. I mean, yep. you cannot go up tempo then because you're just punting the ball back in less than a minute. So that's where it's this offseason, maybe more than others, is like I don't have the number off the top of my head, but like some of the early down efficiency is probably more important than getting third and two. I mean, that's that sounds insane, but you might avoid third and two with Ohio State's offense if you have second and six. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I don't know those numbers either. Um, it's but but like anecdotally, I agree with you. It, feel, it feels like first down, second down were not particularly fruitful for Ohio State for much of the season, and I think part of that is not having a reliable quarterback run threat to like kind of back the dogs off a little bit for the, for the opposing team's defense. But I think part of it goes back to the, the scheme stuff I'm talking about too. Like you get. Or high state, I think, tends to get predictable, especially with the way that once they run the ball when it's playing in tempo. And it's like, yeah, you run, get in the pistol, you run stretch into the boundary, it's second and 11, hurry back up to the line. Oh, crap, we got a false start penalty, and now it's second <laughs> and 16. I guess we'll stop playing tempo now, right? So I I, I do think, and I know a lot of fans have, have over the years said, like, man, things things tend to look pretty good when they play fast. Why don't they play fast all the time? And I'm, I'm not a put it put the pedal down, play fast all the time proponent. Um, I, I kind of agree with Ryan Day's philosophy of using it strategically and, and varying tempos like hyperspeed, sugar huddle, somewhere in between all that stuff. I, th I think that's uh, effective, um, but they can be they probably can lean a little more into playing a little faster. And maybe, maybe Chip can help him with that. We'll see. He was hired in a hurry, so maybe that's the first sign. Yeah. That the tempo is going to be ramped up. There's still one more. Hired to go on the coaching staff. So uh, Ryan Day indicated there might be some movement on that after the uh, complete football season wrapped up, uh, maybe by the middle of the week, we'll know, or sooner than that, after the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed the start of this week on the podcast daily, talking a little bit more about Chip Kelly heading to Ohio State as the offensive coordinator. Uh, we've got a lot more coming. It'll be Bill and I throughout this week. We're going to do our best. Uh, to keep the rest of the content moving along while Berm is in parts unknown. Uh, we're not supposed to reveal the secret, so we won't. Thanks for joining us. That's Bill Landis. I am Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.